first half is going to have a lesson and you're going to answer questions. So um, as you notice, you all have tissues on your table. It's okay to cry. It's all right. But keep your answers to as fairly as concise as you can so that more people can share. And I might even cut us off a little bit because we have to keep moving forward. There's a lot here. Um, um, Patty, your instructions, what you get to do is you can sit at the table or you can sit up here. You can do whatever you want. You just can't leave. <laughs> no. um, but I think people would like to watch you, so <laughs> so we may pull you back up, <laughs> and you may not be able to hide at a table. If you've been attending Heritage in the last few weeks, we've been looking at the story of how Moses passed off the torch to Joshua. And how we um, saw that as a church, it kind of related to our church and the changing of the guard from John to Sean. And, and um, we're going to do sort of the same thing today, only we're going to take two different characters. We're going to look at Elijah and how he passed off the torch, or in his case, the cloak, to Elisha. Now, I've looked this pronunciation up. <laughs> I never heard of Elisha. I know. There's a place you can go and look at the. All right, I'll do Elisha. But I. Elisha. We'll talk about Elisha. I'm glad you came. Here, I'm going to teach you. All right, all right, all right. This is going to be so hard. <laughs> all right, so anyway, where were we? I think the story of, 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 of Elijah passing on the torch to Elisha will have a lot that we can parallel with us today. Um, we're going to see how Elisha took the cloak from Elijah and he moved God's story forward just as we are to take the torch from our leader, our mentor, Patty Gray, and move God's story forward. We have more that we need to be doing. Um, um, but we're here to celebrate what Patty has meant to all of us and how we treasure her and how we have loved her and how she has loved us back in such a great way. So we're here to celebrate and, along with all of our tears. Um, just have a question. I want everybody to stand up first. You can sit, Patty. <laughs> so that's what I do. Okay, so, all right. <laughs> if you have known Patty Gray for two years or less, not known of her, but known her for two years or less, I want you to sit down. If you've known Patty Gray for five years or less, sit down. You've known Patty for 10 years or less. Sit down. If you've known Patty for 15 years or less, sit down. If you've known Patty for 20 years or less, sit down. This is very touching. <laughs> if you've known Patty for 25 years or less, sit down. 30 35, 40, my goodness, <laughs> that's amazing, that's amazing, you may sit down. Okay, you don't have your Bible here, that's all right, it's the first time we've seen you without your Bible. <laughs> your Bible to 1 Kings 19. We're going to study the story of Elijah where he meets up with Elisha. And what? No, she won't need it. I'll share if she wants. No, I won't. Um, anyway, we're going to look at where um, Elijah meets up with Elisha. And it's at a time 
Um, here's Elijah. He's up on at Mount Horeb. And that's the same place that, that Moses saw the burning bush. So we're at the same mountain, and Elijah is in a real funk. He's, he's been chased by Jezebel, and he's in this huge funk. And um, God is about to pass by. And we're going to look at that in 1 Kings 19, and we're going to start in verse 11. You all know this story, I know. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord... Of- is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood in the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I have been very zealous for the God Almighty. But the Israelites have rejected our covenant. He goes on and he tells what's what's on his heart. He's feeling all alone. And then God gives him a little to-do list of what he should do. And one of the things he is to do is he's to go find Elisha. And it says, And and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, to succeed you as prophet. And it goes on in verse 19. It says, So Elijah went from there and he found Elisha son of Shaphat. He was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the twelfth pair. Elijah went up to him, and he threw his cloak around him, meaning he's giving him the mantle to go on. He's going to be his protege. Elisha then left his oxen, and he ran after Elijah. And then it says in verse 21, so Elisha left him, and he went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and become his attendant. He completely abandoned his old life. He burned it up. He abandoned his own life to go follow Elijah. Um, And he had a very ordinary life before that. He was just an ordinary person doing an ordinary life. Um, I was wondering, I'm curious, how, where you were when you first met Patty Bray, when she came into your life. Um, it's going to be our first question. I remember when I first um, met Patty, I was just out of a, a, a terrible church. Uh, I helped start a church up, and there was a, a, a church battle going on, and it split, and it was horrible, and I was burned out, and I didn't want to walk in the church again. I didn't want to even have anything to do with church people. <laughs> And Chris sort of dragged me to Heritage, and I met Patty, and I I wonder what would have happened had I not met Patty, and she encouraged me to keep coming back to church. So have a few minutes, share it around your table, and then maybe one or two of you will have a story to tell how, what place you were when you first met Patty Bray. Go. We left a small church that wasn't willing to grow or change, and we loved the pastor and his wife, but we had to leave because we thought God was calling us out. And the first thing we noticed on Patty and Bob, they were not afraid of change, and they accepted everybody, and they didn't ask her name a second time. Anybody else have a story? Oh, over here. I, I came to Heritage. You can stand up so everybody can I, see you. I came to Heritage and it was a little red church back in about 1982, 83, around there. Um, my daughter Gracie and Tim had gone to the red church with Patty and John there and 
that's where I first met Patty, and a couple years later, um, my husband had gone long enough that he had accepted the Lord, and he died of cancer in 84. But um, just have so many good memories of Patty and John, and love you. I met Patty at an Illawarra Women's Conference, and the first time I ever heard her speak, she was talking about sex. (laughs) Boy, I'll tell you what, I had never in my life heard a pastor's wife talk about godly sex the way Patty did. And I was like, I like this woman. She's just real, you know, because, I mean, you know, it's part of life. You need to hear about it. You need to talk about it, especially with women. So I'll tell you, she stole my heart that day. And I also was just dying on the vine in a church that would not change. And I thought, this is just like putting God in a box. I just said, I, I don't, it doesn't feel right anymore. So God is already working and moving in my heart to bring me over to heritage. So I just have really appreciated the last two, 10 years under the passage of Patty and John. It has just been a treasure. I just told Patty the story the other day, but I didn't know Patty. And I had a really critical situation with a mom and a baby, and they wanted prayer. They wouldn't let us do something until they had an answer. And it was pretty critical. You know, my doc was going, you better get this done. I'm like, they wanted their pastor. I deliver babies. And so they said they were going to call their pastor. And I'm like, okay, you know, I've met pastors who come pray. Big deal. I'm a believer in prayer, but I had Patty walks in. And I'm not kidding. The whole atmosphere changed. Do you know when the Holy Spirit shows up? And everything went from tense and horrible. And and I thought, who is this? She's a pastor? And that's how I met Patty Bray. And I had learned that when Patty Bray's around, the Holy Spirit shows up. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. One more. One more. I met Patty Bray first in 1975 when we were both teaching in Geneseo, not at the same school. But we were at the Henry Whiteside County Teachers Institute in Kiwani. Major, major snooze. And I just happened to end up sitting next to Patty. And we started chatting, as you do, you know. And I came up what her husband does. And, oh, he's a pastor now, Because <laughs> I was in a, a wrong relationship at that time. But, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. And that's my story. <laughs> that's great. It doesn't take long to know Patty does it? It really doesn't. Well, and same thing true is with uh, Elijah and Alicia. They formed a deep bond within a short period of time, only four years there, walking together. And I want you to turn in your Bibles now to, to 2 Kings 2. And I think this is such an amazing story because I so related to this whole story here. We're going to look at 2 Kings 2, um, <clears throat> 1 through 3. It's about the time that Elijah is going to be called up in the whirlwind. We all know that. And it says, when the Lord was about, this is starting in verse 1. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. 
But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets of Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your, your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied. But do not speak of it. <laughs> Sounds so familiar. Then Elijah said to him, You stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. Now notice he's going from Bethel to Jericho. So he's going with him. And then, and uh, Elisha said, he replies, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, you, uh, uh, see, I will not leave you. So they went on to Jericho together. And the company of the prophets of Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied. But do not speak of it. I don't know if I can speak for the rest of you. This is sort of personal, but I think this is sort of the way everyone might have felt when we first heard about Patty's retirement or heard that she was going to go on sabbatical. We kind of can, can um, feel the same way as do not speak of it. I remember my exact words, don't go there, Patty Gray. <laughs> don't you even go there, Patty. Don't talk about that. I can't handle it. So we are very much like that. Let's go on and read. Um, I'll make sure I don't miss something here. We are, we're going to continue reading in verse 6. It says, Then Elijah said to him, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. So I go from Bethel to Jericho. Now he's going on to Jordan. He's asking him to stay behind. And again, Elisha says, And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. I love that. Fifty men of the company of the prophets went and stood at the distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, he rolled it up, and he struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground together. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. And he says, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise not. And I love this next line. Listen to this. As they were walking along and talking together, just walking together, they're talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared, and they separated the two. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and the horses of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and he tore them apart and he picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and he went back and he stood on the bank of the Jordan. So here is Elisha alone. He's just witnessed this amazing thing where Elijah knocks on the water and the water parts to the left and to the right and they walk over and they're all alone together and all of a sudden he sees this other amazing thing where Elijah just goes up to heaven and he stands there alone and what does he do? He picks up the cloak. He picks up right where Elijah took off. You can imagine how precious that cloak would have been if you've ever lost someone. Anything that's left behind is so precious. And he picked up the cloak and we need to pick up that cloak that Patty has left behind and continue on. Let's read on, verse 14. 
then he took the cloak, this is Alicia now, or like Alicia, or however. <laughs> I'm going to pronounce it a whole different way because I've worked so hard on this. <laughs> then he took the cloak that had fallen from him, and he struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asks. And when he strikes the water, it divides to the right and to the left, and he crosses over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him, and they bowed to the ground before him. I'm struck by how Elisha is so alone. All the other prophets are on the other side of the Jordan. Only Elijah and Elisha were there together. So all alone, Elisha leans over, he picks up that fallen cloak, and he um, asks the water to split from the right. He just flings that, that cloak. I don't know if he folds it up, it doesn't say he does the exact same thing. But he touches the water again, and it moves to the right and to the left, and he walks back over on dry land all alone. So he asked that question, where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And God had answered him right there. He said, he is still on his throne, he is in control of this, and he is where he has always been. A few weeks ago, our table was talking, and we were talking about how hard it was when Patty was over at QC West, because she wasn't there to greet us at the door at Rock Island every week, and how we missed that. And then someone else mentioned how at Awanas that... Um, that uh, you, she also was there, which I didn't even know you did this, and someone said that they had missed seeing you at once when they walked in. And I know all of us, when we even think about walking into this room without Patty Bray there to greet us, it just it breaks our heart. We can't imagine it. I, I, I had the same thing when I was thinking about how in the world can we teach and lead without Patty's influence, without her encouragement, without her being there for us. And I was really in a, in a, a really hard place, and, and God opened up a... Um, a devotional for me to read. And I've got it in your notes, and I want you to look at this. And um, It's what Oswald Chambers says. Um, and my number four is high, and it's on... Um, it's uh, what's dated August 11th. And this is what it says about this very passage that we're studying today. It says, It is not wrong to depend upon Elijah as long as God has gives him to you. But remember, the time will come when he will have to go, when he stands no more to you as your guide and leader because God does not intend he should. You say, I cannot go on without Elijah. God says, you must. Alone at your Jordan is a type of separation where there is no fellowship with anyone else and where no one can take the responsibility for you. You have to put to the test now what you learned when you were with your Elijah. You have been to Jordan over and over again with Elijah, but now you are up against it alone. It is no use saying you cannot go. This experience has come, and you must go. If you want to know whether God is the God you have faith to believe him to be, then go through your Jordan alone. The question I have for you around your tables is... um, and I think we're just going to um, not do table talks this time because we want to make sure we have enough time for everything. Um, so we're just going to raise your hand if you have something you want to share. But is there something, a truth, or something that you have learned from Patty Bray that you want to make sure you remember? Or maybe a, something that you want to continue to do that she has taught you over all these years? Where is it that you need to stand strong and see if God is the God that you have faith to believe him to be? Any stories?
What do you want to remember from your teaching? This is hard just to put it up fast. Amy, good. Thank you. When I sit down for my quiet time, normally I have either kids running around or before I had kids, my brain would still act like there were kids running around. I didn't want to focus. It didn't, I never figured out that really good way to connect with God other than worship music. And until I met with you, Patty, and I, you talked about how you journal all the time and how you, that's one of the, the
as he trusted in God. We need to do the same thing. The next little segment of story is alone at your Jericho. Um, I want you to notice here that what, what Elisha is doing is he's just retracing what he has done with Elijah. He went, uh, they went together from Bethel to Jericho to Jordan. And now he alone is doing the same thing, only he's doing backwards. He started it at the Jordan. He's going back to, to Jericho in this story. And then the third story is when he ends up back at Bethel. So he's just retracing. He's just doing what his mentor had taught him to do. We're going to read about this story in uh, 2 Kings 2, and we're going to start, um, I think I'm going to start at 15, just because I think it's interesting. It says, the company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him, and they bowed to the ground before him. Look, they, they said, we are servants, let's see, we, your servants, have 50 able men. Let them go and look for your master. Perhaps the spirit of the Lord has picked it. Him up and set him down on some mountain or some valley. No, Elisha replied, do not send them. But they persisted until he was too ashamed to refuse. So he said, send them. And they sent 50 men who searched for three days but did not find him. When they returned to Elisha, who was staying in Jericho, he said to them, didn't I tell you not to go? They were clinging to the hope that they could find Elisha goes on here. This is what happened in in Jericho. The men of the city said to Elisha, Look, our Lord, your town is well situated, as you can see, but the water is bad, and the land is unproductive. Bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring, and he threw the salt into it, saying, This is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained wholesome to this day, according to the word Elisha had spoken. This is a story of restoration, isn't it? The water was dead. It was contaminated. It was of absolutely no use. I think our natural reaction is when we see something that's bad or something that, that we don't want to do, we just say, well, it's not my problem. I can't deal with that, that issue that's, that's, um, that's contaminated or bad. Um, what do you want me to do about it? But Elisha's response was completely different. Elisha took action and he threw the salt on the water and it was restored. Oswald Chambers says, and I've got it in your notes again, this is what he says about this story. He says, Jericho is the place where you, where you have seen your Elijah do great things. When you come to your Jericho, you have a strong disinclination to take the initiative, meaning you don't want to take the initiative, and trust in God. You want someone else to take it for you. If you remain true to what you learned from with Elijah, you will get the sign that God is with you. I have a question for you guys. Now, I, I, this might be harder for you to share, but I would love for someone to share. Is there anyone here who has, um, because of Patty's influence on your life, experienced restoration? Where you were dead, you were you were unproductive, you were going the wrong way, and somehow her influence brought you restoration, a new life. And and uh, is there anyone that would want to share about that? I would love to hear if you would, and I'm going to wait till someone does.
But I think it's the unspoken. The way you and John have been an example. You're very They're afraid to die. And our words don't really matter. To you and John and say that's what we want and work for. So I thank you for being an example. Not just in church, but in your own life. It's been a great inspiration. So thank
And uh, she was, uh, and her, her teaching was like being a Barnabas. There's hope. And that's what the thing that I held on to. And it got me back into the Word of God and not looking at people or circumstances. She got me into the Word of God. And I thought, oh, this is right. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we want to talk about ups and downs and valleys. What's different now since the Lord reclaimed me from my own self is that now when things go bad, I don't look at circumstances. I look to Jesus. And he's my rock of my salvation. I have to think, this church and its leaders were being a Barnabas. And there is hope, no matter what you're going through, God is able. We got one more. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, when I got married, um, I joined the Catholic Church, and it was a struggle for me to do that. But, um, and it's still kind of a struggle sometimes, but, um, you know, I go to Mass and whatever, but I always know that I have to be sick. And that's where I can come to grow. And that's where I can come and uh, read the Word with all of you guys. And without that, I think I would have been very stagnant. And uh, I definitely wouldn't be where I am right now. I think probably everybody in this room would say that Patty restored us in some way or God used her to restore us back to him, draw closer to him, and we all agree with that. But I have a personal question for you here. Um, Where can you be the catalyst like Patty was to you to reach out to someone else that needs God's restoration? Just can't be satisfied with getting and taking this from Patty, but where can we be that same catalyst? draw restorative, bring restoration to other people. <laughs> the third little story we have is alone at your Bethel. It's, we're going to continue on. It's a bit bizarre, this story. It might break up the tension in this room. <laughs> you could use that. Oh, verse 23. From there, Elisha, Elisha went up to Bethel. So here's, he's backtracking again. As he was walking along the road, some youths came out of the town and jeered at him. Go on up, you bald head. They said, go on up, you bald head. <laughs> it's a crazy story. <laughs> um, he turned around and he looked at them and he called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. <laughs> then two bears came out of the woods. <laughs> And he called 42 of the youths, and he went on, and Elisha went on to Mount Carmel, and from there he returned to Samaria. <clears throat> well, sure, this is a bizarre story. Surely we're not going <laughs> to see a bunch of youths come out and call us bald head, and we're definitely not going to call curses down on people. So, what does this story mean to all of us? <clears throat> there are times in our lives when we have a situation that is a bit bizarre ourselves. And we have absolutely no idea what to do. And in the past, we've gone to Patty and we said, Patty, what am I going to do about this crazy thing that's happening in my life? And we're worried that we won't have that and that we won't have that person there to do that. Let's look at what Oswald Chambers says about this, lit, this time. Alone at your Bethel, when you find yourself, 
along at your Bethel, you will find yourself at your wit's end and at the beginning of God's wisdom. When you get to your wit's end and feel inclined to succumb to panic, don't. Stand true to God, and he will bring his truth out in a way that will make your life a sacrament. Put into practice what you learned with your Elijah. Use his cloak and pray. Who does that sound like? Determine to trust in God, and do not look for Elijah anymore. When you're at your wit's end, as Oswald Chambers puts it, um, and you don't have any idea what to do, remember what Patty has taught us. I remember the night when I got the call, and Tad was ill with his brain lesions, and I had no idea what to do, and so I called my best friend, Patty, and I sat in the office in the dark that night, and I said, Patty, I don't have any idea if Tad even knows the Lord. I don't know if he'll survive surgery. I have no idea what to do. What am I going to do? And uh, she immediately brought calm to that dark, scary place because she said, let's pray about it. And it did. Don't worry about all the details. Just pray about it, Margie. I bet there are many of you in this room that had that same situation where you were in a situation you had no idea what to do, and Patty said, let's pray about it. Um, I wonder if anybody wants to share a story about that or something that you've learned about prayer from Patty. Anybody think of anything? We've got one here in the back. Okay. Um, I remember a specific time that I was having problems with family. And I remember me coming to you with a list of verses. Because I just didn't know how to approach that person. But I wanted to learn to love them. And um, Patty just gave me this wonderful advice. And I prayed about it and prayed about it. And uh, I mean, if anything, Patty teaches us the power of prayer, and um, through that, I have a wonderful relationship with that person now, and um, thank you so much. There's another one. Anybody else? Um, I can remember a couple years ago when we were on the first trip in Israel, and at the end of of the day, we would always meet. And we would talk about the day in our finger parts. And we had someone on our trip who um, had a foot problem, a, a grave foot problem, to the point that she thought she may have to go back. And um, Patty asked us if we had to come to him. None of us raised our hand. But Patty prayed. And it was such a powerful, powerful prayer. And she believed in that prayer. We It made us believe that something, a miracle is going to happen. And it went from being, to the point she thought she may have to go home, to 90% better the next day and 100% the day after that. And I just thought, she has the gift of healing. We did this last week in, in Israel, too. It was awesome. Anybody else? similar story where I grew up Catholic and um, was very interested in traditions for a while. I thought I was going to be the first holy priest. <laughs> and then I met boys, so that was out. Um, but I, uh, when I moved back here to the Quad Cities, the Catholic church that I had grown up in was very 
much older and very stagnant, and it just wasn't feeding what I needed. And I had heard the music at Creative Christmas and started coming to Heritage. And the very first time, Patty, I met Patty, and so it didn't matter how many weeks would go in between when I would come here. She would find me. She was like a beacon. And I'd always be alone. She'd find me, know my name, introduce me to someone, and that's how Heritage became my home. And um, I was like 30 years old and single, and so one of the times that I talked to her, I made an off comment about being single. And, um, and she, you know, I, I said things several times to people. Um, and there was one summer where she said it, uh, said, just said a quick prayer for me, with me, and within six months I met my husband, and I was a 37-year-old bride. So. But um, you've given me so many gifts in heritage, in this family, and um, my life, my husband, my kids. So thank you. Well, this bizarre story, we saw that Elisha experienced God's power when he called out to the Lord. And we can experience that same power today when we call out to the Lord, when we remember what Patty has taught us about prayer. We're going to switch gears a little bit here. I hope you guys have stories for this part, because I'm excited about this part. Um, we're done with the lessons. We quote your Bibles. Um, we're going to do, um, we're going to take it. Um, a look at some of the funny things, the little things that we maybe can recall about Patty, um, and we're going to call those little Pattyisms. <laughs> because we know how much she loves to laugh, and how we love to listen to her laugh. So, um, uh, I had a couple of you know, just <laughs> the one, the one. I have no idea what they're being. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Well, the one, the obvious one is the, the name tag thing that Patty always has to do, and I am sure that the budget at um, Heritage is going to go down in half once they don't have to have all these name tags. <laughs> but the one, the one that I just giggle about every time is because Patty will say, and you guys have heard this a lot, I know, <laughs> this is one of my favorite verses. Have you ever heard that? Patty says, this is one of my favorite verses. I mean, how many favorite verses do you get in the Bible? <laughs> I'm convinced that the whole Bible is Patty's favorite verses. <laughs> so, Sharon, you had one. I know you told it on the, but remember the, yeah, make tell it again. This is a good one. I have to be thinking if any of you else have something lighthearted you want to share. I don't know, some of you maybe were here a couple years ago. And she left us real quick with the question. So we're all discussing. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of discussing, we hear these strange noises like water and flushing and more water. And all of a sudden, we all look at each other and go, she forgot to turn off her mic. <laughs> And so we're all down laughing, and she comes back here, she goes, well, what's so funny? And you told her, and she laughed harder than any of us. And I, and I think she said something like, keep it real. <laughs> I've done that a couple times. <laughs> any other funny stories you can think of off the top of your head? Little things that Patty does. Oh, okay. 
Well, as part of pastor's wives, sometimes we have get-togethers, and Patty has this knack for breaking walls and making you open up about yourself. So it never fails that she makes someone cry. <laughs> so in our last, you know, get-together, um, she was sick, and we're all sitting you know, by a bonfire, and we all were laughing because we're all commenting, well, at least no one's going to cry today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. So good. We got more. I love it. So keep on coming. Um, well, let's see where we're going Thirty-some years ago when we did the women's retreat, it's really not a pattyism, but you had a great sense of humor. Um, if we had glass here, one of the things I remember about you and Gracie was your glass blowing. Do you remember that? A piece of glass, blow on it, and your face becomes like a fish. If I had a piece of glass, I'd do it right now. It, it would be, it if we had the glass, I remember seeing that and watching it, and I thought, that was one crazy lady, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> so uh, that's one memory, it's really not a pattyism, but another time I remember when we went to the women's retreat, we always told Donna and I to be good, and um, I think that night we short-sheeted Patty's bed, but she didn't notice because she was so short. <laughs> So, so we were uh, really, really bummed out because that was quite a feat to do to get that bed short sheeted. And um, I think we put Patty's bra in the ice machine, and that was kind of crazy. But you always laughed and you always had fun. Never got mad at us. Uh, you joined in because you and John probably did things just as crazy. But a lot of fun stories that we have, and uh, thank you for all that you've done. I always pictured that person, the first person to go to the ice chest who saw my bra. You don't break it, Sarah. Are you showing the video? Oh, no, no, I'll, I'll say what I wrote on the card. Uh, both of them have to do with Patty's two pregnancies. She uh, was a matron of honor at our wedding, and she was four months pregnant with Heather when she was going to be the matron of honor, and everything was going along swimmingly until the night before the wedding, she couldn't fit into her dress. And it blossomed overnight. <laughs> but it all worked out. We, she, we did squeeze her in. And, something was done. and I don't know if you know that Carrie was quite a large baby when she was born, and uh, Patty gained like 50 pounds with, with Carrie. And we were at a friend's house one time, and Patty's sitting there on the couch, and it was nearing her, her due date. And she has this humongous baby. <laughs> and, and she said, um, well, and we said, well, isn't it about time for this baby to be born? And she said, um, well, we want to make sure this baby is fully developed. <laughs> we're all going, what? <laughs> As we're pulling her up off the bed, we just fell on the floor laughing. Carrie weighed 10, 14 off us, so oh I was, she was fully developed. <laughs> um, I haven't known Patty as, as well as a lot of you, but I've known her for a few years. And um, for a lot of you who see me at Christmas time, I'm always talking about our Christmas life display. And for several years, I've Try to get Patty to come see you. Try to come see you. And so, 
not last year, but the year before, um, she, you know, I made my announcement, and when we came back at in January, she she walked up behind me, and she just she had no words. And so for me to see her speechless was truly <laughs> fun. <laughs> Thank you. This is about both John and Patty, I guess. You all remember, like, it was years ago. We It was a marriage um, dinner thing that we had. And we were talking about, and I love the marriage things. I mean, of all the things, they really blessed our marriage. And uh, But she was talking about some books. Oh. That, <laughs> that we recommended. And I remember when we were writing down all the books. I remember <laughs> We later it came back. Do not read that book. Somebody had found some thing in there that went, okay, that one went a little bit too far, so everybody scratch out that one. Do not read that book. I just thought that was hilarious. I agonized on it. Horrible. My friend recommended the book, and I read, like, it was one of those where you tear off the pages and you open it up and it has some fun stuff to do in your marriage. And, and so I recommended it because I'd done three of them and it was fun. And then I tore out more pages and went, oh my goodness, this is bad. <laughs> and so we wrote everybody that we had their emails, but the people that we didn't have their emails were thinking, they're thinking John and Patty are perverts. <laughs> I think we already bought that. <laughs> because at the marriage nights, one of them, I think it was the marriage night, that um, Patty told um, the guys, because sometimes the guys and women would separate, that one of the things that turned her on with her husband was when he wore his tool belt. And from then on... I think you the words turned me on. Well, <laughs> she probably didn't. <laughs> That's the way my husband did <laughs> Because every once in a while, you would see these guys come to church with a tool belt on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And was it you guys that one time after that story, we left on vacation. We came right. back into our home, and I don't know if we had a key. Probably a lot of people had a key to our house. And there in our living room was a ladder and tools hanging off over the ladder. And I don't know if you went on that or not. It was hilarious. Just in case. That's it. <laughs> Okay, uh, great stories. Don't we love to hear Patty slap? And we have so many more, I'm sure, that maybe we can't even share here. Uh, well, Patty, while we were in Israel last week, uh, the ladies were very busy here. We had set up, um, Cheryl had organized that um, for some of the gals who ever wanted to, to um, videotape messages oh. to you. And it went so long, we have... Um, we had originally 41 minutes of updating. <laughs> so we couldn't show all of that. We've got broken up into two halves. We're going to show a part portion here, and at the end, we're going to have a cake reception. Oh, and you can stay and watch the second half. But Patty will see all of them eventually. There's just so many. So let's look at what some of you had enough courage to say about Patty Bray. Good. You're definitely one of my heroes of the faith. You've uh, taught me to follow the book of God's word. You've challenged me to read good books, difficult books like Tozer. Uh, you always, everything you do and the way you live, you always want to read.
resemble Christ well. And just uh, treasure all the lunches and trips we've taken. And you've just shown me that being a Christian isn't about always being serious. You like to have fun. And I appreciate that so much. Um, the one thing I will always do and follow your example is to always keep that bridge. Build that bridge for those that don't know Christ or want to return to Christ to come back and fall into Jesus' arms. And I just thank you so much for that. And when we talked about funny stories, the one funny story I remember is um, Aaron came to church with, with me one weekend, and it wasn't Christmas or Easter. And when he walked in, you said, what are you doing here? And, uh, way to make somebody feel welcome. So he still laughs about it today, and um, it's just one of those things I'll always remember. So I love you, and I'll miss you. Bye. Patty. We, we all know how much you care about people, how much you love people. And I just want to thank you for that, for all that you've taught me through that. But as I thought about all the things that you've taught me, one thing came to mind. Years ago, when we sat together, one of the things I'd done is taught children for years. And yet, someone had asked me if I would be willing to teach a study to women. So I came and talked to you, and you sat down with me, and the first thing you asked me was, would you be willing to teach someone, even if only one person was in the class? My first response was, absolutely. But I didn't realize what that question really meant. Until after the second time I was teaching, only one person came. And coming from Geneseo to Heritage was in a sense of sacrifice, but how much that meant to that one person that I took the time to come. But I would not have done that if I had not heard your voice saying, do you care for one person? Thank you for that. Thank you for teaching me that. Thank you for sharing with me how important it is for that one person even when you're teaching. I just want, again, to thank you for the Bible teaching that you've given us to me and for all the encouragement that you've given me through the years. You truly are a mentor to me and I appreciate it. Thank you, Patty. Patty, you are a hero in the faith to me. You have been for many years. And as a sampling, you would know I could talk about this for hours, but I know we have to keep it short. Um, I feel so connected to you because of life experiences. We both share so many people in our in our family that aren't walking in the faith, and we both share uh, the losses of grandbabies. And your hero the hero in the faith to me began several years ago when uh, the church did a series um, of questions for God and you preached, you were the preacher that Sunday for what do we do with failure and you took away from that this just because we think that's the end of the story, the failure it's what if it's the middle of their story and that we should never give up praying for them or never give up on them and that's been like a hope for me for my family members as well as I know it's for your family members and then when you um had your tragedy of almost losing Carrie and losing your grandbaby. And then, just so fresh from that, two months later, we lost our grandchild. You and John came to the memorial. And it had to be so hard for you because you had to relive it. But um, you were there, and that meant the world to me. Um, 
Now that's the serious part, the funny part. Two, a couple years ago, in our experience, and this goes to keeping it real. You were pre- you were teaching, and then you left us with the question, and we were all discussing the question, and you took off out of the room, and we're we're discussing, and all of a sudden we hear water, and we hear a flush, and we hear more water, and we realize you forgot to turn your mic off. So we are dying laughing when you come back in and you go, what's going on? And we tell you and you laugh right with us and go, keep it real. That's what we love about you and you and John. Keep it real. I just wanted to let Patty know that I appreciate everything she's done for us. I love Heartstrings, always have. And the thing that I wanted to mention was Patty baptized me in November of 05. The last um, Heartstrings evening meeting, we had a special baptism for us ladies, and I got ready, got up, got in the tub, and Patty said to me, well actually she whispered to me, she said, um, I hope I don't drop you. I haven't done this very often. Just wonderful. And I just want to tell you the best of luck in everything and anything you decide to do for me. I love you. Patty is one of my favorite heroes because she has always been there for me and my family. In 1984, my first husband, Roy, passed away when the Brays were on vacation in Florida. When they heard the news, they cut their vacation short so that John could be here to do Roy's funeral. The fact that they would cut their vacation short to be here for my family was priceless. In 2013, my second husband, Ralph, passed away. John was out of town, and Patty agreed to do his funeral. She did a wonderful job honoring Ralph's life and the fact that we all need to know the Lord. Her sermon touched so many people that day. I know no matter where Patty is in her walk, in her life, she will always be a hero to many and always will be one in mine. I love you, Patty. Patty Gray is my faith hero because over the years of watching her and listening to her and getting to know her, I've seen that every part of Patty's life is about Jesus. You can see Jesus in Patty, and God works wondrously through her. I've learned so much from Patty and Heartstrings. I love her as a teacher. Not because she's perfect, but because she's real. She shares her life with us. She opens herself up to us. She shares her struggles with us. And that means a lot. She has a great sense of humor. And she can laugh at herself. Sometimes she's made me laugh a little in heartstrings when she'll be teaching and all of a sudden she'll stop and say, what was that word? Or, I forgot where I was going with this. And it makes me smile because I'm a little bit older than Patty and I can relate to those things and it's nice to know that somebody else has those moments too. But seriously, Patty has has touched and inspired so many lives. 
And I feel blessed that God put her in my life. At Heartstrings, we laughed, we cried. And I'm going to cry now, just so you know. Uh, and we learned. We've had a great teacher. Patty, thank you. We do love you. Uh, I always remember when John would tell how gullible Patty was. I guess we should say naive to be nicer. But he would tell about how he would convince her that the whole houses out in the fields were actually homes for migrant workers and that the Boxer Rebellion was fought in China because the Chinese did not want to wear jockey shirts. I'm sorry, I thank you so much for being there for me the last 39 years. You, along with Joyce, were there when I accepted the Lord and you've been faithful to me ever since and I just appreciate you so much and love you lots. Patty, you're among the list of one of the heroes of, um, okay, let's start Okay, you are, you are on my list as one of the heroes of the faith. Your knowledge and your walk and your love for Jesus is so contagious that people are drawn to him. Patty, you're my faith hero because you got me through a day, the hardest day of my life. I'll never forget it. Thank you, and have a happy retirement. Oh, we were all going to a party at Pat and Russ Allen's when they lived right after they were married. And they lived in an apartment, and Pat was showing us the guy across the way walk around nude in his apartment with his windows or his curtains open. And Patty goes, I've never seen anything like that, John. <laughs> I don't remember that, I'm so Patty, uh, I just want to thank you for putting me at such an awesome table in Heartstrings. And the love that you share and just poured out of you. And I, I just thank you for, for being there when I needed somebody to just share with. Thank you. Patty is one of my faith heroes because it seems like no matter what the circumstances are in her life, her faith in the Lord and her love for the Lord never are shaken. Her boundless energy, her enthusiastic way about her, and her encouraging to all makes her one of my top role models in life. Patty, we love you. Well, it was 2007, and uh, Heritage Wesleyan Church approached the place of my appointment to ask us if we'd be interested in um, providing a wellness program for Heritage Church. And of course, just coming from a, a new commitment with Christ and being involved heavily with another church, I was excited to take on the task of this wellness program with the staff. So here comes Patty and John. So I get to meet them, and immediately I fell in love with them. And then comes the staff. Immediately, they were my best friends. Absolutely enjoyed being around them. Knew them better than anyone in my other church. So fast forward a few months and maybe even a few years, I got to um, have the pleasure of knowing these wonderful people, and particularly uh, Patty Gray. And, of course, we would run into each other in the gym because of the wellness program. And so I had many, many stories about her. And they're very funny. See, last week I was able to just pour my heart out to Patty, so she got to see the emotional side of me. Well, this week I get to say all the funny things and really embarrass Patty. So there was this time when... Uh, Oh, wait, I can't say that one. Uh, oh, there was this time when... No, that's not going to work. Oh, here's the best part about it. Okay, so this time we were in the gym, and Patty was getting ready to step on the... Oh, I forgot. I have... 
the confidentiality agreement you signed, Patty. Sorry, guys. We got you, Patty. Okay, so on Sunday, a while back, I had written in a prayer request, and um, Patty sent me an email, and I know that she's a super busy woman, and it just meant the entire world to me, so much so that I still have it in my inbox. Patty, I want to thank you for your leadership through all these years, and I'm so grateful that you created Heartstrings because this is where I first learned to read the Bible. Until then, I had a Bible, but I never read it, so I really appreciate all that you do for us. God bless. That is one of my heroes of faith because she inspires me a lot with her obedience and her submission to God. I have no idea what to say. You, I have so much in my heart to say to you. I just want to thank you for all the, the hours that we spent together these last 17 years and what you, how you have brought me to God and, and taught me so much. And uh, I know I owe it to, to you and, and uh, your teachings. And I just love you. I just wish the best for you from now on. Go and have a good life. and. Remember all the wonderful things you've done in the past, and may they always follow you. And uh, we love you. We'll miss you. Love you, girl. The other half will show. Uh, I didn't know how long we would go, but we will show the other half when we have the cake. So stay and watch that too if you have the time after you get your kids. Well, uh, I know that you're going to find this hard to believe, Patty, but we're not going to make this day all about you. <laughs> we're going to ask you to do something special for us. And what we're going to ask you to do is service communion. And uh, I don't know if you've noticed, you all have a loaf of bread on your table. And what we're going to do, we're going to, um, since the tables are kind of close, we're going to have Patty over here, and she's going to serve us our bread and hold the bread. And then we're going to have, um, Megan will hold the cup. And we're going to do this like we've done at Event Rock, and I, I don't know how, how well this will work, but each table will get up, someone on your table will grab the bread, and you'll, um, and you'll all come up over here, and you'll tear and give the bread to Patty. Tear off a portion of the bread, representing God's Son, who gave His life for us, the, the, his, his body broken for us. And then take your bread, and go over to Megan, and just dip it in the juice. And you can either take your communion right there, or you can go back to your table if you wish. But eventually, I'll go back to your table. And we're just going to have a, a continual stream of, um, you know, we'll start over here. Just just keep doing it. Go back to your table until we get all the way through um, communion. So, Patty, will you come over here? Bring the thing up. Yes, that's good. Do whatever you want at this point, Patty. You're serving us. Lord Jesus. We come before the The one who gives us life and gives it to the full. And outside of your son, Jesus, one of the greatest gifts that you ever give us is relationship. Relationships that 
matter for eternity. Relationships of deep love and deep support, deep encouragement, deep fellowship. There's just something about being part of the body of Christ that takes relationships deeper than they would be otherwise. So I thank you today for every single woman sitting here with bowed head before you. And I pray for your precious presence in every single life. And I pray for your word to be real and active and living in every single life. And I pray that prayer will be deep and meaningful in every single life. And I pray that as we take communion here just now, that these elements will be something very special to us. As we take this bread, as it represents your broken body, we would just feel a deep sense of gratitude and thanksgiving that goes beyond words. That you would actually let yourself be nailed to that cross. As we take this this drink that represents your blood poured out for us. May we picture you on that cross dying for our sins and may we go to a deeper level of knowing how grateful we are for broken body and shed blood. And as we take it, Lord Jesus, I pray that we'll walk away from this with a deeper desire than ever before in our lives to be all that you want us to be, to take the mantle like Elisha, Elisha, whatever his name was, (laughs) that you take that, that you would say, that we'd be able to say to each one of us, here I am. I'm taking the cloak. I'm wrapping it around my shoulders. I'm walking away from this communion, from this room, saying I will be all that you want me to be. I'll give my life for the cause of Christ. I'll live to make a difference. I'll live for eternity's sake. I'll plant seeds. I'll water seeds. I'll reap seeds. I'll do whatever I can do in the lives of people knowing that I'm living for eternity. So we give these elements to you. We constantly ask you to consecrate them for your for our spiritual benefit, for our good. We pray that even around our tables as we love on each other, that there would be a deepening of relationship. And for me, Lord Jesus, I thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for my church, for your body, and for your blood. In your precious name we pray, Jesus.
think it would be maybe helpful to us as we、uh, finish up the communion, knowing that there's just still a lot of people in line. We want to be real careful that we keep the beauty of this and the solemnity of it as we. Um, as we go to our tables, so feel free to keep talking, but let's make it, make it as a whisper because we don't want to take away the beauty of communion for people who are still standing in line. I know you don't want to do that, but when we, you know, we go back to our tables, it's like just thunder celebrate. But let's let's just for a few more minutes, let's just remain real quiet and in an attitude of worship. But、um, you can whisper in your tables, okay?
Um, if you're worried about your kids, you can go get your kids. But after um, after we have the final two, Marcy and her group has put together for us, so we're going to share cake, and um, also the other video will still be playing too. So we got we're a little late, so if you think you need to go get your kids, bring them in here. Um, those that are young can do that during the song, and then come back, bring your kids back in here, bring the child care leaders back in here too, because they can share cake with us. So. Anyway, go ahead and start the song, and we'll just gather a big circle as we sing this song together. Okay. The words are going to be up on the board. It's fine. We are in thoughts, but he is our
begin with you. just say there's you know there are no words that I could say and there are lots of memories I have over the last 41 years but today will be one of the best and just thinking about one of my heroes in life I just read recently that he said uh, when I die speak not of me speak of my savior so you know that anything that I've been able to have any kind of planting in your life it's only because Jesus has given me that completely and totally. So we'll just keep serving him all. We're going to take a minute to pray, but I want to share Paul's words that are hard for you too. So as we always thank God for you getting our prayers. Your actions on behalf of the true faith your tireless toil of love, your unfailing, unwavering, unending hope in our Lord Jesus, the anointed before God our Father, have put you consistently in the forefront of our thoughts. Patty, loved by God, we know he's chosen you. And we'll pray, Paul prays always that God's grace and peace will be yours. And we're going to pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for Patty's service to you and for her service to us. And our hearts are heavy, but it is with deep joy we send her to her next calling. And we thank you for the privilege, just the absolute privilege and joy to be with her. And I pray that you would bless her and fill her and give her abundant peace and joy. Among everything else, you'll feel for in this next stage. And come the next two weeks as she teaches me. <laughs> and I'll continue with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this sisterhood that um, was brought through your child, Patty Bray. Lord, she is your daughter, and she has been remarkable in serving you, Lord. And as we look across this room and see many, many women who've been through so much and have become disciples and teachers and just lovers of the word, Lord, we just give you the glory for this woman named Patty Bray, Lord, from her story from when she was a young child being mentored by a couple outside her home who took her to church every day. Lord, who would have known that your power would have brought her to this place? And Lord, we just thank you for the numerous lives that have been saved, whether it was directly by using Patty Gray or indirectly by using those who she has touched with. And Lord, because of that, we just ask you for many blessings, the desires of our heart on our children and her path, Lord. We ask you, we plead to you, Lord, because this woman has been a servant of God. And Lord, as we move forward, we give you the glory for it. We thank you and we praise you. And we will remain a sisterhood, as sisters who love Christ and who are encouraged to go out and be disciples. 
Father, I, I too add to that. I think it's, it's we have all uh, come to know and love Patty. What we love so much about her is that she um, just exudes love. And we know that that love that she has is because of it comes from you. Lord, you have um, used Patty in amazing ways to touch all of our lives. And I pray that we take what she has given to us and continue to do that amongst all the people that we touch. Lord, you help you you help us to become Patty Graves and may she be multiplied. I just thank you for her. I thank you for how she has revealed you through her life in all that she does. And even now as she's so obedient to continue to follow your will. Lord, we release her to your great glorious plan for her life and for all of our lives, Lord. We thank you and we praise your name. It's in that name we pray. All right, we have cake over here. So grab your kids, grab the leaders, and uh, you can have a piece of cake. Enjoy. <laughs> Patty, to me, is a warrior for Christ. And I say this as a meaning of a warrior. It's a great word, experience, and a fighter. And um, to me, Patty, she's just, she's lived through so much in this um, her life is like a testimony to faith that her faith in God and, and um, I really learned a lot from her. I could go into detail, but she's just an awesome lady and I love her so much. Love you, Patty. Patty, I just think of you as the most wonderful Christian that I've ever known. Such an example. You're so, you're so loving, so accepting, and so real. You're not afraid to show your weaknesses and your faults and help us learn from them. I have learned so much from you and been so inspired. And the trip with you and John to Israel was just the epitome of what I could ever have dreamed. It was a wonderful to share that with you, get to know you better, and get to know the whole thing. And the faith that you exhibit is just amazing. Um, thank you for everything. It's so good. Um, I just want to start by saying how much I love you and I appreciate your time and service. And how, uh, even when I speak of love, I think back on those early days of when you and I were being not so with each other. And how even then, you would always greet me with an embrace. And how me being so young and a at the time, how that was just super weird to me. <laughs> how, how someone could love me and not really know me was just the worst thing. And then I wanted to share that because of that love that you have for me and the love of Jesus through you. That today, as far as understanding his love to me, but in terms of how it is like that you love me and then I love my love for the Lord because of, again, Jesus' love and the real expression of in so many different ways and so many different services is just one in that. Hi, Patty. I wanted to tell you how much you have meant to God and to the Lord. You've been with us through a number of 